You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. What Newmont has announced is that they're going to sell a bunch of properties across Canada, which includes Elliano. And if a new if a new investor comes in and owner comes in, if I were them and I had paid five or six hundred million dollars for Eleanor, I'd certainly like to know or look at what's next to me. And if we can move forward and, and put some drill holes in and do some of the work we think could add some value, I think it could add a lot of value to Fury. You are listening to MSE. I'm Bill Powers. Thanks for tuning in. In today's show, you're going to get an update from one of our sponsors, Fury Goldmine. The website is furygoldmine.com, ticker symbol F-U-R on the big boards in New York and Toronto. We're chatting today with CEO and Director Tim Clark and SVP of Exploration Brian Atkinson. Gentlemen, welcome back onto the show. Tim, you're taking a moment away from the BMO conference in Florida to chat with me today, so thank you for that. Put out a press release, Fury consolidates interest at Eleanor South Gold Project to 100%. Could you review this project? Uh, perhaps it's not at the forefront of investors' mind. And what was the rationale in inquiring 100% of it? Um, look, we this was a joint venture that sits just below the Eleanor mine that Newmont owns. Um, it's about 50 kilometers north of our Eau Claire project. And it's, I think, in what Brian and, and our team have told me, it's one of our more prospective uh, areas of, of new discovery. And the scenario had been that three companies owned this. It was Azimut, Newmont, and Fury. And they just, you know, when you get three parties in there, they can't agree and they can't move forward. Um, a year and a half, two years ago, we bought Azimut out. Um, and then this year we tried, or last year we tried to put a project together for Newmont, but because they had bought um, Newcrest, they didn't want to move forward with any projects, so um, they didn't want to fund it. So we wanted to get, keep moving forward. So we sat down with them last spring, and it's it's taken that long to come to this, but I think it opens up um, yet another opportunity for Fury. And I think that the mindset and the strategy that I've sort of set forth to investors is: look, it's a down market. This is the chance where you clean up things and you. You try to tee yourself up so that when the when the flows come back in, that you're going to accelerate and have a lot of leverage. And owning a hundred percent of this property in that particular area that sits between not one but two basic mines with Sirios um, is a very prospective area where you find gold. And anything that also helps us get into a position where we're a better consolidation target is good for Fury. And what Newmont has announced is that they're going to sell a bunch of properties across Canada, which includes Eleanor. And if a new if a new investor comes in and owner comes in, if I were them and I had paid five or six hundred million dollars for Eleanor, I'd certainly like to know or look at what's next to me. And if we can move forward and, and put some drill holes in and do some of the work we think could add some value, I think it could add a lot of value to Fury. And you're paying for this with cash out of treasury of Fury? Yeah. So it's uh, we are buying the property for $3 million. Uh, we have 6.3 in the treasury, and we're also buying a million three of Sirios shares. So it gives us about 11%. That was part of the deal. 
Um, Newmont wanted to clean house and we've got a great deal on the property if we did both. And so we pushed forward with that. And, and again, it wasn't a lot of money, but it gives us a huge amount of, um, you know, uh, optionality with that whole area. So I think it's a net positive. I think right now what we need to do is go back up and do some work on the property and do some geochem and some more exploration on our side to decide what we're going to do going forward and kind of wait and see how the process goes for all, you know. With the serial shares that you're buying, is there a lockup period on that or certain parameters regarding what you can do with that investment? No. Okay. So now you're no. like a fund manager in a sense, right? You have all <laughs> these just, Dolly Varden shares. Hey, <laughs> no. Well, we've got, you know, we've got, we've, we own stock of quite a bit, you know, quite a few companies now because of some of the royalty deals that we've done. Um, it, yeah, it's interesting. And, and the idea is that, you know, we're not here to be a fund manager, but we're here to monetize things and keep moving moving things along. And they are a source of uh, funds for us going forward. Ryan, so this acquisition, the Eleanor South project, it's between a gold mine and a gold project. I understand that there's some historic holes and some gold in till anom- anomalies. Uh, you want to break that down further and what is the prospectiveness you see here? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's an early stage project, but, you know, saying that at the same time, there's been over $20 million uh, in expiration expenditures on the property historically. Um, you know, you say in between two gold projects, but, you know, the Chichu uh, deposit comes over across onto our side drilling there. We've got, you know, six meters of 49 grams on our side of the, the property line now, um, which have never been followed up on. Um, this is the first time this project's been held 100% by a single company. So now we can really drive that exploration forward. And we've got some great, you know, gold and till anomalies. We've got obviously the, the extension to Chichu onto our property. Plus, we've got some really nice-looking um, biogeochem results that we're just working through. So you'll see some some new targets coming out of this as well as we as we work forward. And you know, great address, uh, road accessible. We got power lines running through the middle of the property. Uh, it's just a great place to be, and we're excited to get in there. And you know, some really nice stuff that has never properly been followed up on because of the split ownership and split deci- decision making in the past. Tim, with uh, Newmont's focus, do you expect the Eleanor mine to be sold uh, in the near term? Oh, uh, they've they've announced it. So it's um, I think believe it's Porcupine, Musselwhite, uh, Eleanor, and a few other assets. They want to raise a billion dollars. It's out in the market. Uh, it was announced this week, and it's what a lot of people are talking about right now. So they're absolutely on the, on going to sell it. It's just a matter of how long it takes them to to, to get the process going. I don't think anything's really kicked in uh, officially, but um, uh, that is certainly on the horizon. So for a near-term catalyst for the company, would it be to uh, develop a a drill plan for this project, show some significant mineralization, and perhaps, we don't know the future, but you could even tee it up for the potential buyer of the Eleanor mine? 100%. I mean, that's that's sort of the strategy here. And it's interesting, that whole area up at James Bay is is ripe for consolidation. You've got the whole power structure, infrastructure, you got the road structure, you got a mill on Eleanor that's only being used at half capacity. There was Newmont really didn't do a lot to um, you know streamline what was going there or do any exploration at all. And we gave them plenty of opportunity last year and they didn't bite. So um, I think 
I think it's um, a potential for a new company, and and you know who knows whether whether it's going to be an uh, Australia company or a Canadian company or North American company, but I I think that they'll probably come in as a sizable company, and they'll they're not going to look to minimize they look they're going to look to maximize that whole area and it's going to get a lot more attention now that we've cleaned it up and we're a friendly buy like relationship person like we we are proactive in how we want to do things and we've demonstrated that the last couple of years so you know i, I think i i think that for an investment point of view you just got to be patient and let some of this play out and we're not in a rush our share price is low right here uh, this is a time for us to be prudent with the money that we do have. So we're not going to be, you know, spending a lot, but we're going to be targeted on trying to maximize what we think we're worth and what another company will pay for us. And as we look at the back of Eau Claire, we're going to come out with a resource update end of March, early April. And we've done a lot of the drilling around Eau Claire in terms of showing the size when it comes out. And it allows us to be more targeted to new discovery. And this is what people are paying for. They want it, they don't want to see the resource get bigger. They want new discovery. And we got that. And we're going to give it to them this year. Brian, Tim mentioned that the Eleanor mill is at half capacity. Uh, with the mineralization you see at your nearby Eau Claire project, uh, from a metallurgical perspective, is that compatible if the buyer of Eleanor would be interested in Eau Claire? Yeah, from from what I understand, looking at the the met at um, at Eleanor, it would, it's very compatible. They're you know high grade uh, gold in in quartz veins, and you know not not very much uh, you know complicating metallurgy with either either style of mineralization. And you know further to that, we've got some targets on the Eleanor South property that you know we think look a lot like Eleanor proper. So. You know, you can have that as sort of an intermediary stage as well, a uh, much earlier stage, something we've got to, you know, flush out a little bit with some more exploration, as Tim pointed out. But, you know, I think that that whole area consolidation that Tim was talking about, you know, would include or possibly would include uh, Eau Claire, 50 kilometers to the south. And there's the infrastructure to transport the ore. We're talking conceptually here, but you have that in place if you wanted to transport it to Eleanor. Yeah, there's existing road network through. It's it's a long sort of circuitous route right now going around things. But the the power line that goes from that feeds Eleanor, th- those so there's already you know linear infrastructure that links basically Eau Claire to Eleanor. So you know whatever sort of future analysis there, you know somebody would have to look at those economics. But there's definitely infrastructure there that link the two directly. Brian, what are the drill programs going to look like divided now between Eau Claire and the Eleanor South? Like uh, 50-50, 60-40 in terms of the spend? Yeah, so it's sort of around 60-40, I think, is where we want to go. We've got some really nice things out at, um, you know, Percival on the Eau Claire property that we want to follow up on. We've got some big steps we want to take out at, uh, you know, big steps outside of the Eau Claire resource. We've got the gap zone which we didn't touch last year where we're sitting on a meter at 45 grams. We've got the East extension that, you know, produced some really good results, um, you know, over the last couple of years for us. So that's all going into the resource, but it's still all open. So we want to just keep showing that. And then we've been pushing Tim to to drill Eleanor South here for the last 
two years basically <laughs> since he got the seat at you know since yeah. he became the ceo so this is going to be the year where we get up there and uh you know really show what we think is up there tim so you were able to buy uh newmont's portion here and we newmont's looking at other things so they were willing to let it go but you mentioned you previously bought a portion of the project from azimut why'd they walk away from it well you know, again, when you had the multiple partners up there and it, and and the uh, growth opportunities just stagnated because no one can move forward. Um, we liked the property, so we 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 would Asmund uh, offered it, we took it, and um, you know, about a month later, I bumped into Jean Marc at a conference, and you know, he was super nice, and he leaned back and he said, "I I just want you to know that I, it's not that I didn't sell it because I didn't like it. I in fact really like it." But we just had to move forward with our own projects and we couldn't sit on things and we had to let it go because we have our own strategy. And and that's the same reason why Newmont's doing this. It's it, They have such a bigger profile than we, we have and a lot of times it's hard for our board or investors to understand how big Newmont is and how small we are. And we can nimbly go in here and do things that they can't and make real money at it that they need to focus on their own strategy. So from our our standpoint is we we win by making this whole area more consolidation friendly. And if we can go in there and spend s- some money on drilling and exploration and show that there's another potential for another 2 million ounces in the middle of our property, this is going to be worth a lot. Brian, when do we get to see the drill plans? When are you going to lay that out for investors? Uh, we want to finish up the uh, the resource update out of there because uh, with the remodeling of everything there, it's opening up some some new targets, uh, and then we'll we'll kind of come out with that, um, you know, mid April sort of thing. I think you know when we we talk about twenty twenty four plans, we want to get back up there, you know start opening camp around the end of March anyways. So, you know, we'll get out there and uh, let everybody know what, what things are going to look like and what the targets we're most interested in for this year, as there's there's no end of interesting targets between Eau Claire, uh, along the Canard deformation zone, and then coming up here to the Chichu, uh, or sorry, to Eleanor South around the Chichu uh, Tonalite, where we've, want, like I said, we wanted to drill further since we got the, the project in 2020. So pretty pumped, yeah. Tim, uh, as I said, you're you're at the BMO conference right now where we're talking on Monday afternoon. I can see it around your neck where you have the BMO name tag. <laughs> yeah. well, what are the yeah, what are the key happenings there at BMO? <laughs> uh, uh, well, all the big guys are are um, speaking today. So we've had uh, the BHP started the breakfast, and we had Robert Friedland for lunch. I just came out of the Nico Eagle meeting. meeting. Um, all of them were packed. Lunch was standing room only. Um, everybody's here. And um, everybody's looking for deals, and investors. You know, when I when I sit down and, and and I've I know I've known a lot of these guys twenty plus years, and they're out looking for ideas. And I think that the frustration part has been that the retail money really hasn't flowed in the equities, even though the gold price has been up, for example. Um, and the thematic theme is that the industry in itself, mining, is undervalued relative to the supply demand, and people in in the world don't understand that. You know, we're going to need the mine to, to have cell phones and cars and um, electric vehicles, and that's been a big part of the conversation. I think what where the market's been kind of man- manipulated with the interest rates and the dollar, 
And once that sort of flips back, I think that everybody wants to be really well positioned. So um, I, I think there's more consolidation to come at these levels. Not everybody's got money the way we have. It gives us a huge advantage. Um, and I personally, people ask me like, how am I funding this project? We've got the cash and we have multiple avenues to raise money when we need it. And um, that's not what my focus is. My focus is on where can we just be broader into this industry and see other opportunities. And so we're talking a lot to other companies and uh, looking at other land packages. But we, we're big enough that we don't have to do anything if, if we don't see anything. That's a huge, huge gap for us. And so I think, I still think we're one of the best positioned junior gold explorers out there because of that. Company again is Fury Gold Mines, and it's furygoldmines.com, ticker symbol F U R Y on the big boards in New York and Toronto. Gentlemen, thank you for this update. I know it's the conference season, so I hope everything goes well when you're in Florida and in Toronto next week, I'm sure. Thank you, Bill. Great. Thanks, Bill. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can. Do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.